0: I would say the biggest takeaway is to make sure that if you're getting into it right off the bat, make sure you are working with a realtor that has some background in buying and selling investment properties.
1: Welcome to Home Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Diddy. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home seller's market – and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didier team. Let's jump in.
2: Greetings and Moyen, everybody. Thanks for finding your way back to the Home Selling Hero podcast. I am, as always, your host, Tom Didier. And today we have Carly Stack from Renters Warehouse. Some of my listeners should be relatively familiar with Renters Warehouse so I'll give a real quick background. Renters Warehouse is our property management company, which we are affiliated with. Physically, they're located downtown Milwaukee, so about 30 miles away from our other offices, but they manage all of our rental properties. and Carly is the director of operations, which means she has many titles, boss woman, CEO, anything she wants to be. She kind of runs the place. So She's going to be our guest for today, and we're going to try and give you some tidbits about the property management game and another real quick background so everyone understands what renter's warehouse is and where it came from and this isn't another podcast so I'm going to try not to repeat myself but it was basically born after 2007 with the accidental or unintentional landlord and this is when property values were going backwards and homeowners found themselves with these properties that they owned and owed more money than it was worth. And they then needed to figure out what to do with this house that was worth 200,000, but they owed 300,000, hence the unintentional landlord. Let's go ahead and rent it. Renters Warehouse became a franchise model property management firm that could take over this property and do two things, which I think we still do the same thing. We do tenant placement and property management. Under those two umbrellas, there's a million things you do But I'll I'll ask you to talk about that. But that's basically what Renters Warehouse is. It's it's a property, a full service property management company that can be as hands on or as hands off as you want them to be. So with that, Carly, welcome to the show. Take a couple minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners and just give us a little background about yourself.
0: Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate being here talking with you today. I've had a long road with Renter's Warehouse, so I have a lot to talk about when it comes to the company. I started with you guys back in 2018 as, you know, just a wee little sprout and you guys have kind of taught me everything and brought me up through the ropes and, you know, all in all working for Renter's Warehouse... You know, in the beginning, I remember asking, you know, what do we really do? But then you, you know, to speak to what you're saying, all the umbrellas that we, you know, handle and all these little pockets of management, it's a really vast work, or space to work in. And at the end of the day, never, no workday is ever the same, which is, you know, pretty exciting.
2: Okay, so let's break it down to, like I said, let's start from the basics. Like you guys do two things, tenant placement and property management. Agree or disagree?
0: Yeah. I I mean, we're full service property management. So from the point that, you know, you want to use your property or purchase an investment property, whether it's vacant and, you know, just needs to be tenanted, or if it needs some work before, you know, we find a tenant for you, we are full service. So we'll get the tenant in there, manage it for the duration of their tenancy, do any work at the end of it.
2: Tenant placement. I've got a property, the tenant moved out what are you going to do? Why why should I hire you to find a tenant as opposed to why can't I just put up a for rent sign in the window and and do it on my own?
0: You could certainly put the for rent sign up in the uh, window and get many people uh, applying for your property and have a lot of interest. But um, with our expertise in the market, um, we're definitely going to get you more back out of your investment. We have many properties that walk in the door that are being rented at half you know the amount that it really could be with just a small amount of you know improvement in the property, and so we look at the property in the whole as a whole and kind of give our clients the best suggestion. Of course, it's their investment; they can do what they'd like, but we give them our best suggestion as to get the most, how to get the most out of their property. And when it comes to the tenant placement side of things, we have a very rigorous background check, credit screening process that is vetted and nationwide. So, you know, we are really vetting these tenants you know even their pets do an application with us to make sure that you know not anybody is just walking through the door and living in your home
2: okay random question segue what percentage of the units you manage have pets
0: I would say that we, I mean, we suggest to all of our clients that they do allow pets just because it does make it a more marketable item without allowing pets. You do kind of cut out a good portion of applicants But at the end of the day, I'd say our portfolio, we have about 35% of our portfolio that do have pets.
2: I had heard on television and the internet and whatever that after COVID that the percentage of pet owners Increased dramatically. Like everyone went out and got a pet. They got a dog or a cat during COVID because who else are you going to talk to? You're locked in your house. You can't do much. Would you have you seen that? Would you agree with that? Are there more pet owners out there than there were, say, five years ago?
0: I would say that there's definitely more pet owners out there. And we, you know, during COVID, we had to. Be pretty flexible with a lot of different processes and work with the systems that we had at hand. But one of the uh, systems that we really had to beef up was our tenant screening process because we did have many tenants approaching us saying, hey, I'd really like to get a dog, adopt from here.
2: It seems to me that you'd have a higher chance of getting your place rented, but there's got to be a flip side, right? I mean, dogs and cats, there are some bad ones. How do you protect the property and the owner against pets when it comes to dog and cat? wear and tear or damage to a property?
0: Sure. So with our pet screening process, anybody who do, does have a pet or wants to apply to have their pet with us, they have to go through a pet screening po- po- uh, process where they are uploading vet records and being that it's all being verified with the account so that we're kind of getting a baseline of, is this a responsible pet owner? And it actually gives us a rating system on the risk that we're taking on with allowing that pet to live in the property. With that information in mind, we're able to kind of assess what kind of security deposit for that pet's damage specifically, we would be holding in association with that tenant. Okay.
2: So it sounds like you're actually screening, not only the pet itself, but you're screening the pet owner as an owner and are they a responsible type owner?
0: Certainly. I mean, at the end of the day, there's definitely pets that can be difficult, but in my experience, what I see is that it really comes down to the pet ownership. And if the owner is a responsible pet owner, which includes having a pet, you know, with their vet records up to date, registered with the proper municipalities, those are not pets that down the line we're going to end up having a problem with. All
2: right. So going back to tenant placement, you talked about getting them the most how do you know what to charge for rent? Where does that, does that come from experience? Does it come from data? When you're placing a tenant and the owner says to you, how much should I charge? How are you formulating your opinion on what the market rent is for that unit?
0: Sure. Yeah. So one thing that we have that is unique from other companies is recently we have trademarked Rentimate, um, which is kind of our Back end system of coming up with the best proposal that we have for you for the rental market. A lot of property management softwares kind of have this in a smaller level within their systems, but they can only pull from information that their system has active within the software. What's different about ours is that we're looking similar to the MLS, we're looking at the entire market, anything that's posted out there on. Any of the rental websites, Zillow, right. Hotpads, um, as opposed to just within a singular software. And then with that, we are you know, also using our knowledge of the community and the market to you know, maximize the amount that we believe that you can get for your property.
2: All right. With tenant placement, I'm guessing, but I'm asking, how important are credit scores?
0: Um, credit scores are important. Um, although if you are setting the bar too high, you are going to be pushing out a lot of decent applicants. Uh, there's a lot more than just the credit score to be looking at. Um, we definitely are going to be vetting for any evictions on the record, you know, criminal background, anything like that. Mostly, you know, at the end of the day, credit is not, I I don't believe that credit pushes somebody out of the game in its entirety.
2: So important, but not the overall telltale factor on whether this is going to be a good tenant for you or not. Correct. Okay. All right. So when it comes to tenant placement, who's actually in charge? I mean, so you've got this property, you put it up for rent, you got a bunch of applicants. Who's making the decision on which tenant is chosen? Is it you guys or is it the property owner or is it a mix of both or who decides that?
0: Well, you know, that's kind of where the third-party property management becomes really nice is that we are, you know, connecting with our client to kind of come up with what their outline and given our suggestions would be of a successful or an accepted application. And then, you know, given fair housing, the first person that can bring that to the table, that would be our accepted applicant. It's a union between both. We are asking our owner and giving our suggestions. We settle on what the terms will be, and then we post that with our listings. Okay, all
2: right. All right. So we've covered a few different things under the umbrella of tenant placement. Let's move on to the property management side, which in my experience, it seems like that's really the side that has like 400 things you guys do under property management. Talk about, kind of give us some of the highlights on what things you guys do, or more importantly, what things the owner of the property will not have to do if you're taking over.
0: Sure. How I really look at the management division of it would be a breakdown of you know, lease servicing and maintenance coordination. And then, of course, you know, to what you're saying, those spider out into a million other things, you know, under lease servicing, you're going to have a rent collection process, you know, making sure that everybody is in compliance of their lease. If there's any time that, you know, there's a default in lease or anything of that nature, we have to approach and correct those items. On the maintenance coordination side, you know, of course, those are the two big things in property management in general is, property maintenance and rent. That's always, you know, kind of the conflict points. And so with our maintenance coordination, we are going to take in any work orders that come in from whether or not it's municipality, our tenant, our property owner, assess it and get, you know, we, we send this over to our internal maintenance company through city property services, and they are going to coordinate with any kind of vendor and get that service completed. And so it's really nice to have everything under one roof. Originally renters warehouse did not have maintenance, a maintenance company connected so closely. And the reason that we wanted to bring that service to our clients was solely to bring them the best prices and the quickest service, because when you are using third-party vendors, you know, you aren't the priority. And so when you are our client of renters warehouse, You have an entire maintenance company that you are the priority for, which is, you know, unique amongst other managing companies in the area.
2: And I think it was a surprise to all of us that we could actually provide service, better service to our clients for a price that's technically better because we have so much business to give these contractors. We're actually getting better pricing and it seems that our, our clients are actually paying less per hour for better, faster service than before.
0: Absolutely. Plus, we also warranty all of our work. So, if there is ever a time that something goes wrong that we have, you know, previously fixed, then we're going to go out and get make that right for you. So, all around, there's just as many benefits to having a maintenance company so closely um, associated with your management. Have a house
1: to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market. Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well, helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit sellingmilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now back to the show.
2: All right. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, obviously I think the, the listener knows there's lots of property management companies. It's my opinion that since we got into this business, I think there's a lot more. It seems maybe we're just more aware of it, but it seems like there's a lot more property management companies. What makes Renters Warehouse different? What makes them better or different than all the other companies that are out there?
0: There's numerous things that make us very different than a lot of different management companies in the area. First and foremost, we really do try to make it the one-stop shop for our clients. We have... Really good relationship with a lot of realtors in the area where, you know, they are providing our information to any of their clients that are purchasing investment properties solely because they know the service that we can provide. And so they send them on over to us and then we kind of take it from there. We will, you know, sit down and kind of talk about what your goals are with your investment and try to tailor the service to our client. We're not just going to give you the singular service that you will get with any other management company because we understand that there are many different types of investors out there. And besides that, property management is a tough business to be in. And what makes our team specifically is really unique is that we have a lot of people that have been working for the company for a long time. And so with that comes, you know, a very strong work ethic, team ethic, and, you know, you have the right team behind you.
2: Well, you talked about the realtors. So let's talk a little bit more about that because I think that we're doing a better job of teaching realtors that we are their friends. Like we can actually help their business. The ones that are super happy with us, they come back to us and they're like, holy shit, you guys are doing awesome. My guy wants to buy three more properties. So what kind of program do you have for realtors in terms of referrals, things like that?
0: Sure. Yeah. So we do have a national realtor referral program. So if any realtors in the area are selling an investment property and they shoot us their client's information, you know, we will reach out and kind of do, you know, the the beginning portion of the management experience, talk to them about what their management goal or what their investment goals are and see if it's a good match. And if we do sign a contract with them, we pay out $250 per unit um, to the brokerage for, you know, the referral fee for those properties. And so with that, we've been able to create, you know, to what you were saying, really wonderful relationships with realtors in the area. And then also, you know, we're stimulating their business because, then that client who went and bought a duplex that is cash flowing beautifully now only wants to buy more. So all around, it's been a really nice push to have those relationships in the area. Yeah,
2: it's been nice to get really good feedback from fellow realtors that are technically competitors, but that are, we're helping each other. They're helping our business and we're helping them. It's been a very, very good win-win. You sent a few things over to me, a uh, 90 day test drive. Do you guys still have a 90 day, 90 day test drive? And what is that?
0: We do. So for any clients that come in with a vacant property that we do tenant placement for, the 90-day test drive would commence upon the first day of the lease. And this is, you know, essentially in those first 90 days, it's a love us or leave us. If you don't love the management ex- experience after we've placed your tenant, um, you can walk out the door, you know, and no questions asked. Of course, I'm going to ask why, but, <laughs> you know, we're going to let you go and that that's that.
2: Okay. And that's been pretty popular?
0: I guess it's been a selling point, but it hasn't been something that has been heavily exercised. So a win-win.
2: Talk to me a little bit about the Milwaukee or we'll just say greater Milwaukee area market in general, because that's, that's pretty much the area you serve, although it looks like we've got lots of sub-markets. But what is the greater Milwaukee rental market look like right now? Here we are in the middle of, say, the middle to end of 2023.
0: Sure. So, well, first time I'd like to say that, you know, we go from Sheboygan to Racine and everywhere in between, but you know, we are heavily in the specific Milwaukee market, but I mean, all in all, the rental prices have been spiking, even with, you know, like the rent to myth that we were talking about earlier, there's times with after our calculations on that, even that just based on our knowledge on the market, you know, we're pushing it up a little bit over that just to see what the market can handle. And it's been, you know, happily surprising just with the, I believe with the increase in the interest rates, some of those first time home buyers being kicked out of the game a little bit is giving us some very high quality applicants that are able to handle a higher monthly, you know, budget. And so all in all, you know, it also Milwaukee is a less expensive market to get your feet into. So we've seen a lot of first-time investors, you know, even not local investors, um, starting in Milwaukee just because they can get in at a pretty low rate.
2: Interesting. It was really interesting to hear you say that, yeah, a lot of these first-time would-be home buyers. Have unfortunately had to turn into just really high quality tenants. And that is, I'm guessing a result of the market of limited inventory, which leads me to my next question to you, which I guess asking you to confirm or deny or what your opinion is, because we've been hearing and seeing that a new type of accidental landlord is showing up. And these are the landlords that didn't know their mortgage rate would be 2.75%, which is incredibly, insanely low. But now they want to move. They want to upgrade. They want to moved to a warmer climate and now they don't want to sell their house because they're locked in at 2.75. So they're thinking, well, what do I do? I don't want to sell it because if you sell it, that interest rate goes away and you pay off your mortgage and you know, you'll never see that again. So are you seeing some inquiries or actual new accidental landlords that have these really, really super low interest rates?
0: Yeah, we have seen some that, you know, to say what, to speak to what you're saying, just with they have such a great rate. How would you ever let that, you know, slide out of your hands, even if you're not going to live in the property, just because you are continuing to gain equity in your property? So we have seen a lot of people that, you know, just don't want to get rid of that rate. And we've also seen people that, in my opinion, these are kind of the COVID landlords that, you know, when they purchase their property in the heat of COVID, we're prices were very, very high. And now they are thinking about moving. They really can't get what they, you know, get for it, what they had purchased it for. And so they are choosing to rent those out because, you know, the rates are awesome and they're going to lose money at the end of the day if they don't. So we've been working with people. We've seen the spike in accidental landlords, I would say in the last year, year and a half, where for a while that really wasn't a problem. Yeah, interesting.
2: Interesting how the market is making, you know, these impacts in ways that I don't think people would have predicted. I certainly don't think people would have predicted that the low interest rates would lead to a situation where nobody wants to sell their house. Uh, everyone everyone wants the great interest rate, but now nobody wants to sell their house. It's just an unusual time. Without giving like an address, an actual price, what's a realistic expectation for somebody that wants to get into their first, let's just say a single family rental in the Milwaukee market area, give me some averages on what they're going to pay for a house, what they're going to put for a down payment, what the rent is going to be, and what your fees are going to be. You know, what's their net going to be or what kind of return are they expecting to get on their investment? Just generalities. Like I said, we're not going to not going to ask you to jump into the MLS, but just just averages.
0: I guess if I was talking to somebody who wanted to get their feet into the investment space and they kind of proposed me with that kind of setup. My first questions to them would be, are they willing to do any work on the property? Are they looking for something that is turnkey? In general, I would suggest that they're going to, you know, ideally look for a vacant property. If you are looking to maximize the value on an investment, if you purchase a property with a tenant who has been paying under market, it's probably not going to be taken too well to really spike that rent up. So in general, buying vacant, but I would kind of give them a ballpark depending on what their Prevalency to risk in their investments would be somewhere between 110 to 160, just depending on, you know, where we end up purchasing a property and what kind of property. I guess a single family is completely different than, you know, how a duplex is going to perform and etc. Those would be my first suggestions and my first questions. And that would be my first ballpark to them when it comes to financing. Of course, you know, if you're going with the standard conventional, you would be looking at the 20% down. But there are so many different options for financing right now that you can put, I mean, with certain programs as little as zero down. But I would say, you know, if you have between three to 5%, don't have super high debt to income ratio and can show all of this, that I would say between three and 5% down if you're looking to go into a property, you know, between 110 and 160. Then when it comes to, you know, bringing it over to the management side of things, once the property was closed, we would make sure to get all of those documents, get everything set up, and then we would kind of start the uh, rent to process, right? So Are we going to do any work on the property? At that point, we would give you our best suggestion for what we could rent the property for. Just recently, we did have a client who purchased a property for around 110. I think they put about $20,000 into it after, and now it's renting at $17.90 a month. So they're getting a fantastic return. And that, you know, is really based on us kind of looking at it and going, you know, I think we could hold back on these repairs, but I would definitely, you know, go forward and get all of this updated. At the end of the day, that's going to be a really nice end of year return for them.
2: Now I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say probably 150, you know, is maybe kind of like the sweet spot right now for buying a single family. I remember not that many years ago, a hundred thousand or even 80,000 was a very viable, but I guess the flip side to that is even though the property values have gone up, the rents have gone up accordingly also. So the rate of return hopefully is still favorable for Milwaukee.
0: I think so. I mean, based on everything that I am seeing, we don't have very many of our clients leaving the Milwaukee mar- market in its entirety. We have them I've seen I have clients who are leaving other markets to bring more money into Milwaukee, but I don't see anybody completely pulling out because of a poor return.
2: All right, let's talk about the the dark side of property management. Why, why, why would somebody not get into this? Who's not who should not go out there and, and buy a rental property?
0: Oh Well, yeah, I mean, I would say the people who are not suited for this are the people that probably are going to need to know everything that's going on inside of the walls all the time. At the end of the day, how I try to bring it to my clients is, you know, it's definitely your property, but we also want tenants who are going to live in it as home. And that means that they have the ability to enjoy privately and quietly enjoy their home. You know, on our side we are definitely always keeping our eye open for anything that would be outside of lease or anything going on at the properties, but you know, when it comes to I don't want to say an, an ideal landlord, it's somebody who is just, you know, going to let us do our job and if if they want to do it as their full-time job, there is plenty to do so they would absolutely love it if they like to, you know, do all of that side of things, but at the end of the day the landlord that is going to, you know, want to visit the property every day is probably just going to stress themselves out more than it's worth for them.
2: Yeah, I think we've found over the years that the hands-on landlords need to remain hands-on landlords. If they're the ones that want to visit the property every week, that generally is not a good good fit for us. We don't we have found the tenants really although they like great service, they don't want to be visited every 7 days. They don't want to be, you know, hovered over. What about evictions? Talk to me about evictions. How do you handle evictions? How do you protect yourselves and the landlord from, from having to deal with evictions?
0: Of course, at the end of the day, we only go to an eviction if we are, if we absolutely have to, if there has been absolutely no other option to either cure the lease default or, you know, most of the time it's a rent default. One thing that we do really pride ourselves on is that we have wonderful relationships with all of the agencies in Milwaukee that can provide help for our tenants. So essentially, if a tenant is ever late on rent and they have viable reasons, we can direct them to any of these agencies and help, help them get the aid. So for us, an eviction really only happens after we have, you know, first abro- approached the tenant and had that conversation, attempted to find them aid. And then at that point, if there is no other option, we go there
2: you guys ever turn business away? Has anybody ever come to you guys and say, Hey, we want you to manage this property or these properties. And you guys say that we're not a fit.
0: Certainly. And it really does not ever come down to the type of property that it is. At the end of the day, the relationship with your manager is, you know, kind of what sets the tone for how your investment and experience is going to go. And so really the only time we have ever had to turn clients away is because the manager and uh, client relationship just does not work right, out.
2: Right. right. It's a people business.
0: Right. Absolutely. We are out here building relationships. So, and we always want those to be positive.
2: <laughs> you you had mentioned earlier in the podcast like this business can be, it's different than traditional real estate. We could call renter's warehouse rent estate, and you know, the other side of the business is real estate. On the rent estate side of things, things can be, I don't want to say more more, a little more tension sometimes between the, the tenant and the landlord. There always seems to be a little bit of a conflict and it's your job, our job to, you know, kind of take that emotion out of it and literally look at this as well, while still being in the people business, this is a, what do we call it? It's an appreciating asset and it's our job to manage it as such. It's, it's a financial investment, correct?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, you know, investing in real estate in itself is pretty unique because you are getting the you know monthly cash flow, but to what you're saying, you are also getting that constant appreciation in your um, investment. And so we are kind of focusing on both sides of that for you. We are doing the day-to-day, making sure that you are getting that monthly cash flow. Um, but then we're also keeping out an eye out for your investment in the long-term to make sure that that property is appreciating and that, you know, There isn't a problem tenant that is going to hinder that going forward. And you can cut this if you want. In my very first interview, I was told management isn't sexy. And I was kind of like, oh, well, that's very open. And then I still took the job. So (laughs) here we are. So, you know, that's it. And it's not wrong. It's very true. I was going to say,
2: were we being truthful? I think we were being very truthful.
0: Oh, yeah. Transparency across yeah. the board. I love it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, it can be it can be unsexy. It can be fun. It can be great. It can be profitable. It can be a great financial advantage, but it can be unsexy at times.
0: Absolutely. Well, but that is why you want a team on your side. Nobody loves the 10 p.m. call on Christmas. Because a furnace is out, right? That's why you have us on your side, or those really hard conversations with the tenant when there is a lease default, or when rent isn't due, or when rent isn't paid. Um, You know, those are hard conversations to have. And a lot of people don't want to have that, but they do want to have an investment that is cash flowing and appreciating. And so that's where we come in. We're able to, you know, not only take away you know, the difficulties of the day-to-day management, but we're also trying to give you the very, you know, the professional suggestion so that your investment does perform long-term. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're always kind of just trying to figure out exactly what our client's goals are and giving them the best suggestions for that. If they're holding it for five years or if they're holding it for 20, that will, you know, definitely vary how we approach it as well.
2: So for the average Joe investor, and I don't know what the average Joe investor, but let's just say he, over his, over his professional career, he's acquired between three and five rentals and everything's going great. They self-manage it. It's a little family business. They do the maintenance. They do, everything's going great. They're full. For, for what reason would the average Joe get a proposal from a property manager when everything's going great, when they really don't need one? Is there any, any reason to, to, you know, uh, interview somebody like renter's warehouse when everything's going great?
0: Well, I think that, you know, the concept of going great is relative to who you're talking about it with. So in general, if you're looking at the mom and pop, going great might mean that they didn't get any massive maintenance requests or any angry calls in the last week. But when you're talking to, you know a seasoned investor or somebody who is doing this, particularly looking at the cash flow, they could be, you know, defining that as a completely different thing. And we are always going to be looking at, you know, your return on investment um, and maximizing the amount that you're getting out of it. So for the, you know, average Joe mom and pop with no problems going on, the big benefit to us is that we're going to get you more money.
2: Yeah, I would think you guys, hold the tenants to a higher standard in terms of market value like when you put a property up for rent what's the again i'm going to put you on the spot for an average how many average showings are you going to get in this market today uh for a rental property in an average area
0: um i guess Inquiries versus scheduled showings versus the ones who show up are you know completely different. But we're getting a ton of inquiries. We get half a ton of people who schedule a showings and we get a quarter of the ton of the people who show up to the showings. Yes.
2: You just brought up a topic that I wasn't gonna ask, but you just reminded me because as you know, my son Owen was started his real estate career as a leasing agent, and it always baffled me about the percentage of tenants applicants inquiries whatever you want to call them that showed up and it's very different than a real estate showing like pretty much 100 percent of a real estate purchase showing shows up I mean, almost all of them like when they don't it's it's an emergency they you know job or family or whatever but yeah there, there's a high percentage of booked showings that don't show up what, what do you attribute that to
0: I think just the level of importance in all of it and maybe, you know, yeah, I I don't know because when I was doing the leasing as well, I would even confirm on the phone with somebody when I was driving there that they were going to be there. They wouldn't show up. And then 40 minutes after the scheduled time, when I'm already at home, they would be, you know, oh, I'm here. I'm like, I am not there anymore. You know, I have, I, I don't understand it. So
2: yeah, we haven't, we have, it seems like you guys, you guys being all the leasing agents, you've definitely figured out figured out how to maximize your chances of getting a good showing for sure with texting and calling and confirming and reconfirming. But it doesn't sound like anybody's solved the uh, the mystery of why that percentage even is anything, why it's, why it's not the same as a home purchase, which is basically 100% of people that schedule showings show up. So maybe we'll make that a to-do item.
0: I, I was going to say, I think that the key on that is just really intense pre-screening. If you get on the phone and you ask a lot of those, you know, kind of nitty gritty questions, you know, if they know that you're gonna get into that kind of information right away, they'll kind of be like, okay, never mind. But the ones that are really interested, you know, they still kind of follow through with everything. So that that's my only hypothesis, but I have no idea. It's kind of it's baffling.
2: <laughs> Anything that we've missed that uh, you think somebody thinking about getting into property management needs to know about?
0: Ooh. I mean, my I would say the biggest takeaway is to make sure that when you are, if you are getting into it right off the bat, that make sure you are working with a realtor that has some background in buying and selling investment properties. We are very good at it, but one of the biggest challenges we find is an investor who brings their portfolio to us. And it's one that we did not you know, give any advice on along the way. And so we would call that a portfolio turn. And depending on the size of the portfolio that can take up to, you know, a year to really maximize the investment and, you know, both just on the day-to-day maintenance management, tenant placement, but then on the overarching, just maximizing income and, you know, bringing down all of your expenses. So all in all, the biggest advice would be, you know, working with somebody that you really trust that's giving you good advice along the way.
2: And I think the listeners should know too, that, you talked about appreciation, which is really the second spoke of of why you get into it. And we've seen since COVID, we've seen some people buy properties that maybe had almost no cash flow. And it seemed like it wasn't a good investment. And they thought, why, why am I doing this? I'm not cash flowing any money. Let's just say it was cash flowing 50 bucks a month. What's the point? Well, then they went and sold it. And guess what? They made like, you know, 50, 60, 110 grand in appreciation in just a few years. So keep that in mind. If your cash flow is low, lower than you want, th- there could be the chance that you're cashing in on the appreciation. We found that kind of in outlying markets where you pay more, the cash flow is not going to be there. But boy, those things appreciate like, like crazy. And the opposite is true in some other markets, you might get great, great cash flow, but your house might only be going up, you know, 2% per year compared to 12 lately. So there's a few different things, but for the most part, real estate has still, still been a very solid investment. And we haven't seen in our market values going backwards since I think it started in 2007 and then it kind of froze in 2012. So we're just going to keep riding this, riding this wave and providing good service and, Hopefully, people continue making good investments and trusting you guys with their, with their properties, and you can do your thing.
0: Certainly, yeah, uh, we'd love to, you know, partner with our clients and make their portfolios cash flow as much as possible. That's probably one of the most gratifying parts of the job is to, you know, help clients maximize that cash flow. Although we have seen the ups and downs in the sales market, we've never seen rents go down, and so in general, you know, you still are looking at appreciating investment that. Has really never. It's it's not going to all of a sudden crash like the stock market.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about the property, the types of properties you manage. I have told um, our listeners before that Renters Warehouse kind of specializes in single family rentals, and it's been my opinion, based on experience, that the single family rental is a a little bit easier to manage because the tenants in those single family homes maybe have a little bit more pride of ownership. They treat it like their own you don't have to complain. You don't have to worry about people complaining about neighbors in apartment buildings, but are there properties that you either specifically manage or don't manage, or do you manage everything?
0: We manage all kinds of properties. We do, you know, most of our portfolio would be single families or duplexes, but we do have properties up to, you know, 24 unit condo style complexes. We also, you know, and that is, a property that is all owned by a single owner. We also do condo rentals all over the place as well. So we do have all kinds of rentals, but at the end of the day, yeah, when to speak to what you were saying, we do definitely... For a first time investor, we would suggest that they, you know, are looking at something like a duplex or a single family, just because you are able to kind of offload a lot of those expenses, snow removal, grass and grass responsibilities, utilities. Once you get into multifamilies, you are looking at a little bit more of a complex financial structure for your property when you are paying water or, you know, having to handle snow and lawn for, you know, a multifamily four unit or up. But, yeah, we do the entire scope in all of southeastern Wisconsin.
2: I've always said about apartment buildings, yeah, the rate of return on paper looks much higher because you have so many more units, but you're managing personalities at that point. You're not even managing the property. At that point, you got 24 people living in a building. That's 24 personalities that property manager is, you know, better be a counselor because you're managing a lot of personalities, different personalities that might not get along. So that's the flip side to a, a big, big building, correct?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you also, with any kind of larger building, you would also need to be looking at a higher risk and that you're willing to wager into, you know, your calculations when you're putting together a poor forma for a property. But to what you're saying, it's, The difference between not hearing from your tenant unless something really bad happens in your single family or, you know, hearing from people five or six times a week because somebody didn't pull the grill back up to the building when they were done or take their garbage bin back. So you are definitely kind of getting in the middle of making sure that everybody stays happy with each other at the multifamilies as well.
2: Everybody's got to get along. All right. Talk to me a little bit about your property maintenance company and what the listeners should know about property maintenance.
0: Yeah, well, our property maintenance company, like we talked about earlier, we put it together specifically to bring that best service to our clients. Previously, we were working with external vendors and scheduling it with, you know, companies that provided or per- provided the service that we were looking for. And what we found back then was that it was taking too long and it was costing too much. So we decided to, you know, when we saw something that we could do better, we just, you know, jumped in. So our property, sorry, our property maintenance company is full service. We can do everything from a property flip. We have done, you know, properties that post fire, you know, insurance type work um, all the way to just very light between tenants, cleaning it up, making sure that, you know, the small things are handled. So, What's unique about it is that we are willing to do the entire scope of work for all of our clients.
2: Yep. So what's a turnover? What's your definition of a turnover?
0: Um, So a definition of a turnover, when we are looking at a property that is going vacant, generally these are properties that are It's the first tenant that would have moved out while it's under our management. So what we go through and we kind of assess the property on capital expenditures and fully depreciated items. So we are going to go in and tell you, hey, you know, at this point, cabinets, there's really no salvaging them. We need to replace them. And we will give you that full scope. You agree to it. We can take things off or amend it as you see fit or what's within your ideal budget for that property turn. And then... We get going, we coordinate all of it from beginning to end. And then once it's done, we go get pictures and find you a tenant. So it really does become that seamless process where you are not coordinating between, you know, a company, Joe Schmo over here, and then letting your management team know that it's time for a tenant. It just kind of goes all the way through the process smoothly. And you really only get the updates when things are moving along the line or, you know, when you reach out and say, hey, where do things stand right now? So It becomes very smooth for our clients. All
2: right. Well, we've talked a lot about rental properties and if this went well and the listener is intrigued, they're going to hopefully call me or somebody on my team and we're going to find them a, find them a rental property. If the listeners have any questions specifically for you, Carly, how do they, how do they find you and renters warehouse? Where can they uh, contact you?
0: Well, they can go to our website, rentestatemke.com. You can put your information there and it will be sent right over to our inside sales team. If you want to talk about, you know, management in general, but if you do have any questions, you know, regarding your property and you want to get in touch right with me, you can also give me a call. My direct line is 414-930-4756. And I'd be happy to discuss, you know, any of our management options with you or, you know, discuss your property.
2: Okay. And that, that website again was rentestatemke.com. Should be able to get most of your questions answered there, but you can reach out to Carly reach out to myself or anybody on my team. We have sold a lot of rental properties. My closing tagline is never more appropriate than when it comes to rental properties. If you're going to buy a rental property, you need to use a local lender. It will make everybody's life smoother. So thanks for joining us. I hope you guys found this informative. And until next time, take care.
1: Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent in order for any nuances where you may live.